gotta prove it. And they have salt. Prove what? As well as just heart. I'm not a mistake. You'll always have Paris. You know that why you cry. I'm gonna make him an offer, Kevin. It must have been one hell of a night we're about to go get him, Tiger. All right, Uno, Dos, Trace, Quattro. Bringing you 30 minutes of ad-free music. K104.7, Dead FM. I'm never doing that again. Don't make me do it again. So, yeah, that was bad. You know what? Sorry, I'm, I'm out of it today. Let me try it one more time. I'm just going to really forget that, I, that, that was no, stupid. No, you should definitely, no, we definitely should keep that. That's a great intro. Yeah. It, 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 it catches people off guard. They're like, oh, that's new. Yeah, I was trying to do, I keep copying Sardonicast in this. I, I was trying oh. to do the thing where they like, they introduce it with like a, a random meme, but like they they subtextualize it with Sardonicast, like the word in there. I don't know. I I'm feel, I feel nerdy. This is my, my, my moment of the week to geek out a little bit. So That's the whole point of this podcast, right? Exactly. Welcome back to Bring Us to the Movies, everybody. My name is Mark Ray. I'm joined here today by Eric Dixon. Hello. Hi. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a bit of movie news, Oscar noms, uh, the reboot of the DC Universe, which has been a long time coming. We got a Movie Versus episode today comparing two amazing musicals, Yellow Submarine and Purple Rain. And we're going to finish it off with what we've been talking about today. So let's get right into it. First up, we got Oscar nominations. Been year coming you a long time coming and we got what are your what are your initial thoughts eric what have you been thinking of these uh, anime these films my initial thoughts are for one some of these films i found out about very late like like this year <laughs> i was like oh okay um but i like stuff like um where is that film the, the banshees of inishirin and, and stuff like that i've found out about i heard really good things about them haven't seen them though um but there are a few things on here that I have seen, yeah. like actor in leading role. To be honest, I've, I haven't seen the well yet, but from what I've seen, Brendan Fraser looks like he really did a, a great job. Because just watching the trailer, I was like, really? he was giving it. A, yeah, I was. I was like, trailer, man. And in the movie. So I could definitely see him getting that, um, you know, supporting role. Uh, kick, kick, Kwan, is that how you, how you say? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And he was he was great in in everything overall at once. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh deserves that Oscar a million oh, times and over. Yeah. Like she was the best performance this year, in my opinion. I know. I understand Kate Blanchett and Tar. I heard is really good, and I'm, I'm yeah. not digging at the other actresses in here, but Michelle Yeoh is absolutely like that, like her like becoming the multiverse person in mm-hmm. everything everywhere was my favorite mo- movie. Like that was my favorite movie moment of of 2022 by far yeah absolutely i'm is nope on here at all in any of the categories which one nope nope no it got snubbed unfortunately and so did you know what let's just stop talking about it It doesn't even matter let's talk about let's not talk about (laughs) snubs for a second because if we do that we're gonna it'll get it'll turn into an angry podcast Uh, no actress in supporting role i mean looking at this list a lot of a lot of really good people on here but to be honest man and i know it's an mcu movie but Angela Bassett and Black Panther. Yeah. Like she she was so good. Yeah. Like and like I know it probably more than likely won't go to her because you know, I guess people don't really take like superhero comic movies seriously, but she was amazing in that film. So yeah. I me personally, that was like that's my my vote. That's valid. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I 
uh, they all look really good for actors and actresses. I mean, they yeah. they've all everybody on this list. I, this is definitely one of the better years for Oscar nominations. I feel, you know, whereas like in 2018, it was just like a bunch of you know a bunch of like kind of just obvious picks like Bohemian Rhapsody or like Green Book. But like this, this year had some interesting ones. Like Tar is getting a lot of good nominations. Yeah. Uh, like again, my my once again favorite year movie of last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once got some nominations. Triangle of Sadness actually has gotten a few. That one looks really good. It's from um, uh, Ruben Ostlund. He's an amazing uh, he's an amazing Swedish filmmaker uh, who's made movies like Force Majeure and uh, um, The Square and stuff. And he's won the Palme d'Or a couple t- twice now, uh, thanks to Triangle of Sadness. Mm. The 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 ones I'm looking at right now are technical accomplishments. So like stuff like um, best editing where we have um what was it i just had it banshees of inishirin elvis everything everywhere tar and top gun maverick the thing about editing that i always say is that's where if if you're disappointed by the the lack of like like um what's the word like blockbuster and you know like genre piece movies in the in the in the oscars generally they end up in like the technical stuff which is where it can be interesting because sometimes it goes to something great like uh like fury road or um or the matrix or something like that but other times it, again it goes to like freaking uh i don't even know uh like crash or something dumb that they mm. don't give they don't care about but visual effects we have avatar way of water quiet on the western front batman black panther top gun nope somehow isn't um, um that's my biggest oh no, my that's my big, that's so- indecision to leave and Pearl are my three biggest. I'm mad at the Oscars. We are talking yeah. about stuff. And now. during Black History Month, I'm exactly. sorry. I didn't. I didn't want to go there, but come on. No, no, you're you're right. That's the thing. They're right. You're right. And we we absolutely. I'm I'm gonna die mad about this because of this. This is this is. Keep in mind, this is one of the better years for the Oscars, and they're yeah. still doing stuff that just to like just a trip with heads. But yeah, this is why I don't really care about the Oscars that much. It's just yeah. like you know, just enjoy your movies. Don't care too much about the the exactly. awards. I just I kind of force myself to enjoy to care about them because I know that like you know getting an Oscar does get you a lot of recognition and yeah. and that's, that's and that can be a good thing if it's in the right hands like with Parasite or with uh, like with um what was a good one like uh like when 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 Get Out won Best Screenplay or when Parasite won Best Picture or when um you know like uh, uh what's her name um who did um Nomadland when she won Best Director uh, uh I forget her name yeah but- um. I'm gonna look it up right now because in case anybody happens to to come across your movies because of this, Chloe Zhao. I yeah yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, anytime I get a chance to name drop a director somebody might not know about, I'm gonna name drop them because just dang it, that's what I'm here for. I'm fighting mm. for the movies now, <laughs> and my opponent is the Oscars. Yeah, I mean it's definitely an uh, accomplishment. You yeah. Know. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, look forward to this one. Uh, not looking forward to the crappy SNL jokes about. Uh, the slap from last year because they're so oh they're gonna be God. so obvious SNL, SNL can be like really funny or it can just be like Elon Musk as Wario it can be that uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you what, what are your thoughts on best picture what do you think of, of these nominees uh, so hmm. like I would say I don't I don't want your prediction, but I think what what do you personally think? Out what of do I think? Is well, I need to see uh, Tar and Triangle of Sadness before I make yeah. a final call. There's still quite a few in here. That I yeah, I've I've always been an advocate for like like you know like like n- movies that you don't expect the Oscars to give best pictures to a nomination. You know, like like 
animated features, blackbusters, yeah. uh, foreign language films, you know, stuff like that, mm. stuff that you don't expect, experimental films, stuff something, you don't was, expect. It. What one that was it? Coda? That one? Yeah, Coda was last year. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't even like know much about until it, it won, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That that mm. one had had you know representation of people. I've I've heard it's not perfect, but and I've mm. heard people have problems with, but I, I do hear it as representation of people with you know disabilities and yeah. and deafness. So like that's that's a good thing. It's good to see. That's I like seeing when, when the I like it when the Oscars give like left turn or like like you know outside outside perspectives or like different like new perspectives to yeah. to to the field because it deserves it. But film, I think it's gonna win. I want I, I want something like everything ever all at once or Tar or like Triangle Sadness to win, but it's. I don't know. Like this, this, somehow I just get the feeling that it's it's always the one you don't you don't think about the most. Like it's always the, yeah, like unless true. unless it's a really good year like 2019, it's always going to be the one you don't expect. Unless it's like a big competition. Like for me, the fun of the Oscars is like and not the fun. Also, the, what's both the fun and the the nervous dread because I don't want the one that I don't like to win is when there's like two films you just you know one is great, one is bad, and they're both just at the Oscars and they're just. I'm slamming my fists <laughs> together like a, like a child. But anyways, I'm talking Brokeback Mountain versus Crash. I'm talking Incredibles 2 versus Spider-Verse. I'm talking freaking Black Klansman versus Green Book. Like, the bad versus the really, really good. Yeah. That's what interests me about the Oscars. It's what makes them both Dude, fun to watch gonna, <laughs> and awful you're, to You're going to like get so much hate for saying Incredibles 2 is, is the bad. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I agree, actually. And um, I'm going to do an episode versus episode next time it's my pick to do a versus episode but um <laughs> anyways uh there, there's our hot take for the episode yeah do we want to talk about dc universe or is that relevant now or do we want to I feel like i'm above that no i'm just kidding um but, but no um i don't i don't know too much about it i have to do a little more research before yeah. digging uh before i can really talk about it too much but it's okay this is a whole yeah. ep- this whole podcast is about uneducated opinions <laughs> true Two guys who just like happen to take film school, and we kind of know about movies. Yeah, we kind of we we know a little bit of something. You know. Yeah, it's not like we write and direct them ourselves yeah. or anything. <laughs> That's a joke we do. Please hire us. <laughs> Anyways, uh, DC Universe. Uh, it's being getting a reboot, I guess. What 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 was the um? Everybody's been trashing on James Gunn. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like I saw like a headline, but I didn't really look into it much. Yeah, um, but people have been crabbing on him for a while. Yeah, which is strange because he makes good movies. I don't, I don't really get the hate. Like he, he, he didn't he like then some old tweets get uncovered or something. I, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really look into that either because I don't. I don't he, care that much. Yeah, but. they were bad tweets, but like he he explained like, but like for the record, they weren't like incriminating or anything. They weren't like you know that kind of bad. But like mm-hmm. he said, like it was from an era of his like edgy humor that he wasn't proud of and he was he had moved on from. Mm-hmm. And I think whether or not you know like you, you agree with him in that. I don't think it was right that he was that 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 because he's done a lot of like really good charity work and stuff and he's yeah I'm, I'm gonna I, I've eventually I, I I just I don't like that he was fired from Disney immediately after that like I brought him yeah. back on which is good but I feel like Disney like <laughs> they do a lot of overcorrecting simply mm-hmm. because Disney is always under so much like like Scrutiny. fire for stuff because yeah. I mean you know they have some crappy practices sometimes unfortunately so like i feel like sometimes whenever like there's something that's like remotely like oh this is bad we gotta we gotta take action we gotta do something exactly. sometimes they go a little extreme where i'm like eh, yeah probably didn't have to do all that but yeah. 
Which yeah. is so strange that that happened, though, because if it weren't for Disney firing him, he wouldn't be in charge of the DC universe now because he was so yeah. successful. Because DC was in a, such a low spot with their films, and when they hired him on board, he brought them back in such a such a like he brought them back to like it's. I like to say watching the Suicide Squad in a like in succession in like after watching all the other DC universes movies that came before it, that's like watching freaking Mad Max Fury Road in the summer of 2015 because like. It was just such a blast of energy that compared to everything else around it that you just you couldn't help but be awed by it. And like if anybody saying that James Gunn is going to ruin the Snyderverse, I got two words for you. No, he didn't. It was already ruined. Exactly. Had, he, yeah. Snyder ruined it himself. Yeah. With respect to him and all this crap he's gone through. I was going to say another hot take for it, but I don't think that's hot take. I think a lot of people agree. I don't care. Yeah. I'll I'll give a hot take if I need to. Yeah. Sometimes the world needs to hear them. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think a, the Last Jedi is a good movie. Me too. <laughs> Eat it. Here's another hot take for you. Musical biopics they suck. Let's talk about two today that do something <laughs> that don't that don't suck. So I was, I was about to say wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. That's our transition into the main topic of today. So so let's talk about. Um, I want to talk today about musical biopics and movies that have musicians in their in, as their main uh, source of story so the musical biopic as we know today which is sort of like a, an autobiography about a musician's life it dates back to roughly the 70s probably earlier but it's in recent years it's taken on the form of, of, of more like more and more movies like walk the line rocket man bohemian rhapsody the dirt all eyes on me and a variety more which we don't have time to unpack all of that because it's a lot but recently i think most people have gotten kind of exhausted by them because of their how do i put it cliched nature because like after after so long there's just so much there's only so many ways you can you can retell the same kind of story and people won't get bored by it like literally if you want to know how how exhausted people are with these tropes and conventions of you know musician starts up like a band and he has to go through the life story of becoming a big rock and roll star there was already a movie in 2007 that mimicked the plot of bohemian rhapsody so effectively and so sharply that when bohemian rhapsody came out people quoted that movie and said dewey cox has to think of his entire life story before he goes up on stage like that's how exhaustive the conventions of these movies are so what happens then when two filmmakers and two music acts the prince and the beatles what happens when they try to break the mold and try something new and go outside the conventions of musical movies with musicians in them we're going to talk about those two movies today two camp two interesting counter examples purple rain and yellow submarine and uh, first of all what do you what do you think of these movies um yeah, I, th I thought they were both very, very interesting, especially Purple Rain, um, which surprised me personally, just as a person who's not really big into music or like follow a lot of musical artists. Uh, like when you first suggested doing these musicals, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, I'm not really a musical guy. I'm more of a, more of a movie guy. But, you know, I because I don't really watch a whole lot of like musical biopics, like because like you said, sometimes it's just like you've seen one, you've seen them all. Exactly. And, you know. They can be interesting sometimes you learn a bit more about a person's life and it, it can be cool it can be inspiring but i just don't typically actively seek those out simply because i've seen it all before exactly. um which is why these movies surprise me so heavily because i like especially 
especially yellow submarine <laughs> like it, that kind of caught me off guard because like oh it's gonna be like about the the beatles right it's gonna be like a nah. like about their life and, and then you're like eh, no nah, it's more of a trip yeah it is i was like trip. oh okay and then and then i i watched it and i was like yeah that was definitely uh very uh different from a lot of other <laughs> like movies i've seen that, about the yeah. artists uh which is like it's it's in line with with the beatles because they were always very non-conventional and just always doing things that were like different and outside the box especially yeah. for the time so it made sense that their their movie reflected that as well and oh. purple rain just man like at first like when i first started watching it, i was like man it's like the most 80s thing i've ever seen like 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 which i like i like a lot of like 80s stuff and i was like yeah i can understand why like people like this movie back then but then as i kept watching i was like oh wait okay i i understand it this movie is actually amazing mm-hmm. like the the music the 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 atmosphere the feeling you get you're just like the art direction especially yeah i like i didn't i'll be honest when i first started watching the movie I was like i'll watch like a good chunk of it and then probably finish it later and start doing something else i sat and watched the whole movie yeah. i was like so into it it was so so good and prince as the lead was really really good yeah like he was really good in this i was like man like i ah just just such good movies and, and different i would say drastically different ways so. yeah and but in good in good drastic different yeah. ways like they're both really good at like capturing the feeling of an artist and that's something that's so rare you see in a movie is like how do you capture like what like the energy it's not just about capturing the life of these artists like the reason i chose these and kind of pitted them against these other biopics is because like they capture the energy and the the vibe and, and feeling of what yeah. it's like to listen to their music like prince like you, you described prince and purple rain as like very like 80s at first mm-hmm. but i feel like like when i first saw that like that that um you know what was it called uh let's get let's go crazy like when when you see the opening like edits to like to his um his his opening monologue and you see it like the, the close-ups uh interlinked with the edits like like you know like of like people like like close-ups on people's face like glitter all over them and then the like the the dials for the for the music being turned up and all that like if it is very 80s but i feel like unlike a lot of other stuff from the 80s it's kind of like is outdated and cheesy because of that like it it kind of like runs with that like it it, it knows that it's a, yeah. a prince 80s thing and it's like proud of it and so it's like it's it's just bursting to life with so much energy and so does yellow submarine but obviously for a different band yeah. and a different time period but man like what a great double feature i got yeah say. absolutely and i, I was like man because i had like I've heard, or I had heard, like a lot of Prince's music, and I was like, I mean, I like it. You know, it's it's good, but like, like watching Purple Rain, like gave me more of an appreciation for his music in oh, yeah. in, in a way because I didn't realize how much of uh, the the Purple Rain um, album I had grew up around, like just just hearing his music, but not really acknowledging like this is from Purple Rain because I'd never seen the movie. Except for you know the obvious ones like like Purple Rain and uh, uh, I, I Would Die for You like those those two songs I remember vividly I was like yeah those are from Purple Rain haven't seen the movie but those are great songs and and now I've like gotten I've gotten the full experience of those songs exactly. because of the movie and I was just, I, those songs mean way more now I I get it you know I understand it now which which I I I feel like I need to do with more artists who are like really renowned and like respected is watch their movies and understand where they come from and why people gravitate towards it so much and rather than just being like yeah i feel like it's overhyped you know because it's not you know 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, it's interesting you say that, like, you under, you appreciated the music more now because you saw it with the movie. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the power of music videos, too. Like, and I feel like what makes these movies stand out so much is that they take so much inspiration from music videos. Like, Purple Rain and the Beatles movies, both, uh, that is, Yellow Submarine, mm -hmm. Hard Day's Night, and Help, those, like, all four of those movies were hugely influential in how music videos were shot and how they were kind of edited and, like, their, their form and presentation. Like, you can feel the energy of the song so much. And, like, it's like you described um, I'm So In Love With You as, like, and Purple Rain as, like, you grasp the 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 meaning and the the feeling of those movies more potently because you saw them with these visuals in mind that yeah. happened to me with lucy in the sky when yellow submarine because like i had i had grown up listening to sergeant pepper and i've recently gotten back into the beatles last few years but seeing that specific animation and that specific like just just like vibrancy of the colors and the way the edits and the dancing all flows back together with both these movies it's just like it makes you think like man what else is what else can art do like if you can just take like an already like phenomenal song like uh like like eleanor rigby or uh i'm so in love with you or what was it called where doves go or is it where when, when doves uh cry yeah when doves cry or i believe yellow submarine like if you can already take those and elevate them somehow more through film like that's incredible to me. That's what makes movies so like fun to me is that you can, you can like just like just the the correlation of different elements of, of film, whether it's be the music, the editing, the staging, the acting, all those, the way they all come together into something new. It's like what Scorsese said about movies. It's like it's an unnameable area of experience. Yeah. It's really cool to me. Yeah. Yeah, I I just want to like thank you because, you know, I I don't know if I would have like um you know really bothered much or at least uh appreciated these movies as much as i did if not for like you know you like pushing it being like yeah we'll watch these movies they're great i was just like i mean okay that's what that's what i hear yeah but you know we'll, we'll see but i i totally understand i although yellow submarine i actually hadn't heard of yeah um i know a lot of people like that song mm -hmm. but i like is this movie like popular or is it like I've heard it's somewhat popular. It's kind of like, it's it's not as popular as like Purple Rain, mm -hmm. but it's it is actually it was actually regarded as a landmark in animation. Like a lot of animators have been inspired by this movie, and it kind of it for to an extent. I, I don't know what its box office success was, but it has become a cult classic, like all Beatles movies have. So I think I, I don't know. It's oh, there's more out there. Yeah, there's also like they did live action movies too, but like. Like they're like it's they're not obviously not as abstract as Yellow Submarine, although to be fair, Yellow Submarine came out the same year as two thousand one, and I don't even think two thousand one was as abstract <laughs> as this was. Um, but anyways, I bet Kubrick saw the movie. He was like, "Damn, <laughs> yeah, they beat me to it, those bastards." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like absolutely, like I think I think the uh, the last time I, I the first time I heard about Yellow Submarine. I, I saw it in like a, a Beatles documentary. It wasn't it wasn't the Peter Jackson one, but they were talking about like the influence of music videos they had from the Beatles movies, and like you could feel um, you could tell like the guy who, they said that the guy they got the guy who did a Beatles animated series like a little a cheap little it was kind of like Hanna Barbera sort of like a cheap little an animated yeah. Beatles series and the Beatles voiced themselves in it actually, and so like they decided you know what we're gonna get that art director for that guy we're gonna have him 
be the main director of Yellow Submarine. He's never directed a single other movie, in fact, except this one. Wow. Yeah, and it's one of the most insane things you'll ever <laughs> see. Like, there was there, there was um, some some scenes we were just like, like we didn't know what to yeah, make. And we watched it completely sober, by the way. So that that was yeah. interesting. Well, I I or at least I was sober. I, I was not sober for the second half. Of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had had a I'd had a few uh, beers. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But um, anyways, really great movies. Uh, ten out of ten for both. I mean, I don't know if yeah. that's ten out of ten, but but you know, you know what I mean. Like great movies. The yeah, numbers absolutely. go out the window. You suck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Numbers, you don't suck. I need I need you I need you in my bank account. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's when numbers are great. But exactly. you know, when it comes to ratings, yeah, I mean they're cool, but yeah. not not the definitive way to judge yes. a movie. Please go out and buy these movies on Blu-ray or see them on tv or do whatever you want just see them instead of something dumb like bohemian rhapsody yeah. i keep making i keep making fun of that movie but like <laughs> what i did i've only so like i've I heard it's I good seen, i i mean i don't i haven't seen it but i've heard it's really good it's uh, uh, the editing is really bad and uh, some of it's a little bit homophobic and oh, it's not oh, accurate crap. to his life oh and, crap and why do they always do that and like, i feel like biopics like, would be so much more interesting if they actually stuck to like if they didn't like embellish so much stuff because just stay true to true to yeah. the story. I don't know. Like, there's tons of accurate movies that are like good, like like Dog Day Afternoon. That's a that's accurate yeah. to yeah, a yeah. T, and it's perfect. It's a great movie. I don't, I don't know. Well, Pacino's best. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, um, so that covers that round of movie yeah. verses. Once again, there's not really a winner. I don't think we've ever. I don't think that's the point of movie verses. It's more just to like see what yeah. like what they're. Did like. we have a winner when we did Prey versus Predator? No, I think we said Prey was better, but I mean... But yeah, but, but, yeah. yeah not, it wasn't like a definitive, like, Prey is the winner. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, again, it's like Ethan Hawke said, like, movies don't have to be a competition, guys. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not like your video essays where it was like, yeah. it's like, winner. And, uh, yeah, but so even, just, even that was more like a joke. At yeah. The end. Like, I didn't really care who won. I was just trying to make say what I wanted to say. But Anyways, what have we been watching? What about you? What you been watching lately? Um, um, I, I've watched a little bit. Um... I'll do a follow-up on what I talked about last time, a couple weeks ago. Um, the Last of Us show, still mm -hmm. going strong. I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, this past episode was episode three, which feels weird. It yeah. feels like more episodes are out, but that's not the case. I don't know why. But so far, so so good. Episode three really deviated from the, the game story quite a bit, mm -hmm. but in a way that I feel like is it still works, and I, I liked it quite a bit. Um so yeah, the last of us show still going strong. I st I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, that '90s show uh, I talked about that last time. I talked about how I only watched the first episode. Thought it was pretty good setup. Uh, finished all ten episodes, and I really, really enjoyed it. Good. Like thoroughly, I liked it quite a bit. My only like real like complaint is that it's only ten episodes. I honestly <laughs> wish that there was more because it's like there. It's a it's a sitcom like multi camera. 22 episodes 22 minutes like each yeah so and and the whole season is supposed to take place over the course of like one summer so they fit one summer into like 10 episodes so it was like th the first episode I was like oh i i want to stay here for the summer uh we're gonna have a good time da, da, da. then the, the next it feels like next episode it's like oh summer's over we're leaving and while there was a lot of like cool stuff that happens in between like mm. the character uh, growth and relationships and all that stuff happens it just felt so quick and i was like ah, there's more potential there which i feel like if they i'm not sure if they got renewed or if they they do get renewed i'm sure they'll expand more and do more stuff but 
I thought it was a pretty solid first season, even though it was only 10, 10 episodes. I liked it quite a bit. Good. Um, so if you're a fan of that 70s show, I would, I would give that 90s show a chance. Cool. It doesn't fall. I, I don't think it falls into that, that sitcom reboot, uh, curse. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's been really good. Um, a movie I watched, well, I didn't watch it, watch it in its entirety. But last night I, uh, I started watching 28 Weeks Later Ooh. because I'm currently working on a, a script for a zombie story. And I was like, eh, I kind of want to get some some inspiration, get some juices uh, flowing. And I hadn't I haven't seen 28 Weeks Later in a really long time, but I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it um, when I was a kid, surprisingly. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, my, my dad was just watching. I walked in, hang, I was hanging out with him. And I was like, oh, what's this? It's cool zombies. And, and he was like, tell me all about it. And I just sat and watched the whole thing. Thought it was great. Wow. And then he later, he got me a copy of 28 Days Later. And I watched that. Thought it was amazing. Which I wanted to watch that. But I couldn't find it. It wasn't streaming anywhere. I lost, and, and I lost my DVD. So I was like, Damn. That's a great movie. But so, yeah, I was like, I'll watch 28 Weeks Later. Um, and like I said, I didn't watch it in its entirety. But so far, I was like, man, this movie is insane. Like, why did I watch this as a kid? Um, yeah. But it, it, it's very it's a very interesting take on zombies in my opinion um and I, I i i still think it holds up quite a bit yeah for the most part i i do have like some issues like and i i know you being like an action guy you've studied how action should be directed like yeah. a lot of the action is so choppy and all over the place sometimes it's not even comprehend comprehensible like what's happening and yeah. it's really annoying i'm just like in but, their defense, they use camcorders, but like I'm only gonna give them a pass. They actually, because, wow. Yeah, like they use like camcorders to so, like record a lot of the like they record DV tapes for like 20 days later and 20 weeks later. Like it was all done like just rough like like guerrilla style and like it, oh, but okay. it makes all the difference because it looks like terrifying to look at. Okay, uh, well I'll, I'll, I'll come from slack there, but yeah. it's just like, I was saying, but no, yeah, just, I agree with you. It's very disorienting. I'm not but, trying to, you know, a, for the most part, like the story and and all that is very interesting and yeah. the rules of the world and. And how they handle the the outbreak and it's not like your typical zombie uh scenario which i think is pretty pretty dang interesting so right yeah 28 weeks later that's a movie i've watched recently but yeah. that's it for me what about you uh, let's see tv i've been watching a bit of one tree hill actually with the girlfriend uh, and uh and her roommates and stuff like we've, we've gotten into it because like it, it's because it is the very cheesy and very goofy, but like that's, that's why we're invested. We're invested because of it, and and also I'm I feel like you you always need some sort of cheesy, goofy show, like yes. at least that you can just put on and and just enjoy. Yes, and the the theme song is is the best thing ever. Like it is so good. If it, it is is it is melodramatic, it is corny. It has acting that's great in some areas and not so great in others it it is everything you want out of a soap opera check it out on hulu once you can and as for a movie i've been watching lately um which one have i been watching um i saw you know it's actually a really funny one i saw lately surprisingly horrible bosses 2 of all things i've never seen those no i haven't either i've never seen the first one but my uh my my, my girlfriend's roommate uh tyler she had it on and it's surprisingly really funny like it has uh Jason Bateman and the guy who plays Ted Lasso and Charlie Day and they're these oh like, if Charlie Day's in it oh sure absolutely yeah. he's freaking hilarious and like he's he they, here's the plot I'm gonna spoil it because screw you doesn't matter <laughs> not you Eric the audience you guys you guys no, yeah I'm just, just screw everybody I'm man. kidding you guys matter uh, but like basically they're like they're in debt to a guy who like who's like it's it's um it's 
the guy who plays Hans, the, the evil general, uh, Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards, and his son is Chris oh, Pine, and they're millionaires, and they, they scam the, the three of them out of money. So, like, they plan a kidnapping spree to kidnap the rich dude's son, Chris Pine, but it goes off the rails in just the funniest way ever. Sounds like, like Fargo. <laughs> it is, but, but, like, but, like, Chris Pine, he's egomaniacal, so, like, he takes over, and he's like, hey, what if I join you guys on my kidnapping spree, and then we split the reward? Like for getting away with it and stuff, and like Jamie Fox is there as this criminal. Who like helps. He's in there. No, like he drives like an El Camino, and like they they get chased by cops and like a bunch of like awesome freaking like. It the, sounds the, like freaking collateral. It's, it's <laughs> the funniest thing ever, but it's so good. Like it, it, like weirdly enough, the action scenes, as dumb as they are and as over the top as they are, like they're actually kind of cool to watch somehow. Like maybe I'm just. I didn't even realize crazy. it was action. It, it's a kidnapping heist thriller. And like maybe I'm just addicted to heist thrillers at this point and can't get enough of them. But maybe. like it was actually fun to watch somehow. I mean, that is what you're working on, right? Heist yeah. Thriller. And on that note, we might as well move on to a little new segment that I'm introducing right now, sporadically. It's my choice, my podcast. Screw you. I'm doing what I want. Right. Uh, yeah. It's uh, That's your second time saying screw you to everyone. Yeah. Though, screw I think, all yeah. of you. <laughs> I'm going to just become more unhinged as the podcast <laughs> goes on. <laughs> but uh we're doing a new segment where we explain what we've been doing with our filmmaking process that's not the title it's a working title working title but that'll remain the, that'll remain the title we're just like yeah it's a working title yeah but we just never we just never change it maybe we call it a working title actually that'd be fun but new that actually makes sense it's, yeah. double, it's a double entendre yeah the working title so my my thing of the week for working title is i've been working on a short film i've been writing a short film right now called blue collar ruffle it's Kind of, it's a bit like, uh, like I said, a heist thriller, but like mm. basically. So it sounds like blue collar almost. Yeah. So yeah. Haha. <laughs> it opened <laughs> in my defense. It opens up with like a, a blue polo shirt with it's like, like the, the collar is like flipped up like the wrong way and stuff. But anyways, the point of it is it's about these, these four blue collar workers who like, they team up to like rob a diamond store, but like the, the way it's structured is interesting. Like you, like you don't know. Like at first, you're just following these four guys like individually, not realizing who they are, not realizing what they're doing. They're just applying to jobs and uh, fixing cell phones, doing mundane stuff until you realize at the end, oh, they're all planning to rob a diamond store. Like they're all in it. Like that was the point of like all it, it's going to make more sense when I show you the movie, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but what about you? What you've been working on? Uh, what I've been working on is a script uh, feature length, actually which is my first time, right? I've never written anything feature length. Feature length, wow. I, I think the longest script I've ever written was like 30-something pages. Dang. So this is definitely uh, new for me. Um, um, so I'm doing it for a class. We're, we're following the the Blake Snyder structure. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working on that, getting my 15 beats together. I haven't started actually like writing the script, just getting like my characters and roles and backstory, all that together. Um, but it's a, it's a zombie story. It takes place in a... Zombie, uh, zombie apocalypse, um, and it's it's kind of like a I want to say an a amalgamation of like a lot of different like zombie stories that I really love. So like there's a bit of like there are hints of like The Last of Us and Cargo and and um, you know The Walking Dead, like so many different like things. Like I borrowed, I feel like I, I I'm taking enough elements from each to where it's not like. It's just like, oh, you're just copying this, but yeah. it's it's my it's still my own, but it it draws inspiration from a lot of these other uh that I would say are interesting zombie stories. Um because interesting stories, believe it or not, can be told in the zombie genre. Exactly. Believe it or not. People act like they, they can't, but they can. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, so that's that's what I've been working on. Uh, still in the early early phases, but um, I'm pretty proud of what I've come up with so far. Good, good job. You know, and if uh, you're looking for advice on on how to make a, a movie that's you say is sort of like a love letter to the whole zombie genre, mm. I'll give you advice from the book about the making of the other great love letter to the zombie genre, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> and in that book, he mentioned um, <clears throat> he mentioned a short film from another uh, from, from another from another uh, low budget filmmaker called it was a movie called Zombie, and he said that. In order to make a melting flesh effect for the on-screen undead, he mixed blood, or stage blood, sorry, not actual blood, stage blood, flour, water, and gelatin. So write down your notes, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to make a, a convincing zombie movie, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. leave you at my and recipe. And Greg Nicotero. Yes. Um, but I'll, I actually, that reminded me, I actually came up with a, a scene where they actually go to a mall to do like a supply run. Oh, sick. That sort of as like a... a Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, sort of like Dawn of the Dead to like show like, pay a little bit of homage, like the classic yeah. like George A. Romero stuff. Exactly. Because if you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. That's yeah, if, if you're going to write a, a, like make a love letter like, or a zombie uh, film love letter, you got to you gotta throw some George A. Romero on there yeah. somewhere. Look at you, Snyder. Step your game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm just kidding. Don't, please don't, please don't take that the wrong way, Mr. Snyder. Hire me. Yeah, we would like to have you on the podcast someday. <laughs> Actually, that would be cool. All right, so I think that was a good, pretty good episode. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, next episode we're going to be doing probably a guest speaker potentially uh, if we can if we can find one in time. Yeah. Maybe maybe voice record like we promised that one time. We're sorry, yeah. voice. We miss you. <laughs> uh, hope you uh, said you that per- the person will pick and we'd uh, if whichever comes up, we're going to try to get them to do a movie for uh, Black History Month. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it'll be a pretty good episode next and. This one was pretty good, too, I think. 40 minutes, once again. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. All right, well, we'd like to thank you all for watching. And wish you all true and false a very pleasant good evening.